Coming up on Small Town Charm, it's going to be a discussion about the last BOC meeting. What did these density numbers really mean? Do they matter? They don't. Spoiler alert. And are we wasting our time? What does compromise look like? And what is the real motivation behind certain BOC members potentially changing their mind about these density numbers all of a sudden? All that and more coming up on Small Town Charm. Welcome into Small Town Charm. It's been a while for all of us, but we're glad you're here. I'm glad these guys are here too. We got Chris, we got Mike, my name's Daniel. Uh, welcome back once again. Uh, it's been probably six weeks or so, it feels like. <laughs> Maybe not that long. We did it like early December, right? Okay, yeah, it was after Thanksgiving, I know mm-hmm. that. Um, but uh, thank you for being patient with us while we all took a little break. Um, definitely was not going to lie. A little hard to get motivated to like do it again. It's a lot of work to get everything put For together. sure. And I definitely feel like uh, as we're recording this, um, there was a, a BOC meeting. The January BOC meeting happened. And uh, I, I, in all honesty, have not had a chance to watch any of it. Um, wasn't there and didn't watch any of it. Uh, I know, Mike, you were you were there, right? I was there. Yeah, so I haven't watched it either. So, yeah. so we're nice. gonna, can we're we gonna, can we even I, be on this podcast know, anymore? Right? Like, <laughs> at least we admit that we don't pay attention when we don't pay attention. It was the yeah. holidays. I, I was kind of in the same boat as you. It was like the holidays and it's hard to get motivated. The only reason I texted you guys, we got to record because I went to the BOC meeting, got fired up. I'm like, all right, we're right back in this. Yeah, I definitely need a little bit of that anger to drive me <laughs> to motivate <laughs> me. And I've been tuned out long enough where I'm like, ah. Oh, Maybe we don't, you know, I don't know. Right. But no, I'm sure we'll get right back into it. It'd be yeah. fine. Uh, so Merry Christmas, guys. Happy New Year. Um, I don't know if you, do you celebrate some kind of weird like Polish version of Christmas? Like really like, no. you don't I get had, like. My birthday was on Friday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> so like, uh, I knew that actually. Uh, I don't know if like maybe like, you know, you guys celebrate by like, you know, to like. Christmas Eve is the bigger deal. So oh, like, really? and, yeah. So mm. like I grew, I grew up Polish Catholic, no longer Polish Catholic. Uh, but, uh. Christmas Eve is the big one. Really? Because yeah. it's Lent. You have like, tw- like oh, traditions, okay. 12 different side dishes. And- I didn't know if like maybe like there's like a thing where they, you know, you leave out like a worker's boot at night and they leave, you know, <laughs> you know the government. The government. Santa Claus Day is December 6th. So, uh, so yeah. Really? So in Poland, Christmas, you don't get presents from Santa. You, you just get presents for Christmas for, you know, for Jesus' birthday. But you do have Santa, Saint, which is St. Nick. St. Nicholas yeah. Day, yeah. yeah. So Interesting. 6th. I actually grew up celebrating that. It was like a completely different day. And, yeah, really? Like, Did they put it cool. under your pillow? Yeah, and night? you'd put your shoes out. Yeah. And you'd get like candy and stuff in your shoes. That's and I always get like a... feet. Uh, I, don't <laughs> I don't know if Chris had that problem. You probably have pretty no. feet, I'm guessing, being told. But it was a little confusing. Like there was St. Nick and then there was Santa Claus. Separate. Yeah. And they were different people. It's confusing. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, happy all those holidays to you yeah. and to everybody out there watching or listening. Um, so let's talk about the meeting that only one third of us went to. <laughs> um, I know that I know that the, probably the thing that we all care about on this show the most is zoning. Right. Um, but uh, Mike, tell us tell us what mattered the most to you, other than you being appointed to the BCA. Like the skin on my teeth again. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the so the meeting, obviously, the primary focus focus is the zoning. There's there wasn't much on there. So it was the second meeting after the new BOC with 
Kate and Jessica being uh, on the board, uh, Haley being mayor. The second time around, they kind of they they have like a rhythm now. So it was a very well run meeting where there was a lot of progression forward with the zoning. They didn't get through it all, so they had they they scheduled a special meeting, which is tomorrow, Monday, January what ninth. Uh, so then that's they've gotten through the, all those all the zoning changes that were like minimal or not minimal but they, they weren't they they weren't density yet they got it they got into the density part they started talking about cd5 cd5 was proposed 24 acres a unit or 24 units an acre uh they got that down to 18 tried to get cd4 from 12 to 8 that didn't pass down to 10 that didn't pass so it's staying at 12 for now uh so it's very clear that derek and joel want the village to be as lenient on density as possible to encourage all, all the growth and all mm -hmm. the investment in the area and it's very clear that jessica and kate don't they want their you know so they both voted down changing the densities for cd5 and cd4 even though they were go going down, they were bo they both voted no to new densities because they weren't half. They were low enough. They weren't low enough, right? So then, so the 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 way that CD five became eighteen units instead of twenty four was actually a two step process. And Haley, so Derek proposed twenty units because he knew that twenty four was making everybody uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, so he proposed twenty. Joe voted for it, and then Haley just came on and said, I'm, I'm not happy with 20. 20 is not what I want, but it's lower than 24. So I'm going to, I'm going to vote this through <laughs> just, I mean, uh, that's smart, yeah. but yeah. then Jessica and Kate didn't. So they yeah. just voted that down because they wanted 12. What, could they like, like, let I, I, I don't understand the process or understand what's likely to happen. If let's say that, Hey, uh, that uh, Jessica and Kate were like, okay, they did the same thing Haley did, but like they, if they were to say, this is not as low as I want, but this is lower. So let's let's do that. Could then they then propose to get it even lower? Like, could they just keep working through it? Or do they, yeah. Would, so would they do that though, or would that be perceived as like inefficient? Like, why don't you just propose what I you mean, want? Inefficiency is does that matter? That doesn't exist in the vocabulary. No, that's like the BOC one, that's members. The one constant throughout the BOC. Mm -hmm. throughout right. the BOC doesn't matter who's up there. It's always inefficient. <laughs> right, <laughs> but, the, but like, but like, would they do that, or would the is the idea that they think that they just are going to get one vote on this and they better get mm. exactly what they want? You mean like the overall thing or just specific items? Specific items. No, so like, so with that CD5 density uh, downgrade, what happened, they voted 20, and then the very next item, Haley came back and said, 20 is too high for me, I want 18. And then they voted 18, okay. and then Jessica and Kate voted no. Mm -hmm. But then, if, so. But it was three to two at that point. Right. And then, and <clears throat> if Derek and or Joel would have voted no to 18, it would have stayed at 20. I don't know. Like, if they want more density, one of them should have just voted no, and then they mm -hmm. would have kept the 20. Right. But it's, I do appreciate the fact that Haley does seem to want to work together. Like, and, and a, at a level that we haven't seen her do while she was commissioner, she genuinely wants this to get done. You can tell. And you can tell that she's... She's okay not winning every little battle, hmm. which is which is much different from what it was before. Uh, and then she with the CD four, which is the step lower, which is like it's more it's it's less downtown, more more mixed use type of zoning. 
uh, the the density that TPVC set was 12. Uh, Kate and Jessica wanted six. Haley proposed eight. Didn't I don't think he even got a second. And then Haley even said like, "You guys like this? Do you like we're gonna vote this down? Like we're going down to eight. Like you can still try for six, but at least like baby step this down to six. And then she tried again for ten. That didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that got a second either. And then just kind of died. She, like you can tell she was visibly shocked. They're like I'm trying to like at least give you some type of you know concession, concession, or yeah. at, at least a small victory." On the way to the number that you ultimately want, because six is not off the table. If we vote eight, six is not off the table, but it's still less than twelve. Right. Uh, but but it, yeah, seem, it seems like, it seems like Kate and Jessica. What? Keep in mind, haven't watched it, so I didn't really get to read their body language or hear what they said in the debate. But it seems like they are just sticking their foot in the sand I, or drawing a line in the sand and just like I, I think it's saying, worse. "Hey, like, like." It's our way, or we're not voting yes. I think it's worse than that. I think it's uh, they they come up there with notes, and mm-hmm. like their notepad would say CD four six units per acre, and any anything different than that number, it's an automatic no. Uh, hmm. So I'm the only person I've I've done a little bit of research on this. I'm the only person in town in the history of Nolensville that has ever served on a board or a commission would have no vote from anyone so it's usually like somebody will propose an appointment for any board cipbza is this like a real yeah this is a real stat this is a real stat or this is like self-proclaimed it's self-proclaimed but there's (laughs) i've done enough research to like feel confident about it uh you did more research on that than most people who are NIMBYs have done research on. It's funny to me because I've, cause I've, I've, I've been watching this. I've been watching this for like you know four years now, and I've like I it's it's very it's a very like uh, it's a very watered down process where somebody will say a name as an appointment, and the whole board realizes this is a volunteer position. These like it's a recommendation body at best, at mm-hmm. mo or yeah at worst it's like they don't even meet ever. Uh, like I've been on a BZA for six months. I haven't been to a single meeting, not because I didn't attend. It's just there was no need for a meeting. We didn't right. have a meeting for six months. Uh, but yeah, so like somebody will drop a name, and everybody like even if you don't like that person, you just kind of go with the flow. It's like yeah, whatever. So like one out of five, one out of nine doesn't matter. I'm the only person that's served the last BZA with a three-two vote, and now I got on to the BZA again with a three-two vote. And it's like that—that's to reference Kate and Jessica. They both voted no to me. And it's because their notepad said, screw Mike Lushek. Like, that name pops up. <laughs> you never vote for that. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost like they're using that vote to, like, energize their base. Sure. Like, you know, Tommy Tommy Duggar, the big supporter, probably doesn't like me very much. Yeah. And then they get to go home and text him, like, I voted no to Mike Lushek. How right. cool am I? It's right. like, well, I still got on. So. I mean, I definitely think that that is, like, just, there is a personal vendetta there. And it, whether it's from, like, the election and seeing your name I, on the like comment threads, so. I know. <laughs> I mean, who knows? It could be like a lot of things that are are tied up in there. But um, yeah, I mean, for something as silly though, is like whether or not you get on like this like I mean, no offense, Mike, but like kind of like a BS board. You know, it's like it's not like <laughs> you were. Well, it's not like it's you threw. Mandated, it's but... not like you threw your name in for like the PC, right? Right, like the the like next level board, right below the BOC. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of seems like. Like now we're just being petty 
Right. Well, but the, uh, right. And then the insane part of it, the only reason I ever applied to the BZA was because they approved, they didn't approve, they granted a variance to a pawn shop across the street from Town Hall. Right. And it, I got kind of upset about that. I was like, what's the point of having these eight hour long PC meetings about the Kelvin's, Kelvin temperature of light bulbs? <clears throat> And then you're approving a business that is proven to be an undesirable business model in, a, in like, a public setting like that. Uh, like, right across the street from the police station mm-hmm. or the, the core of your town. And then, so I, and then they ended up having a vacancy. And the big thing on the boards, on all these committees in town, is that they, they're having a hard time getting a quorum. Because they are volunteer positions. They, they don't usually meet regularly. So they'll have five people. They'll send out an email blast saying, "Hey, we ha- we need to have this meeting because there's an agenda item." Well, two or three of those people are like, "Well, I'm traveling for work, or right. I can't do it, or they just don't check their town email because there's never anything on there, and then they can't get a quorum." So, like me initially, what uh, applying for this was like, I got time, I pay attention, like I can show up to a meeting here and there. Sure, it's not not that big of a deal. I then to like kind of every single time my name comes up to have this awkward. Nay vote. <laughs> I kind of I think, like, I don't know, you've inspired me a little bit. And I kind of feel like the next, like, committee seat that opens up, like, Daniel and I should throw our names in the, <laughs> the ring. The Board of Construction. I mean, like, it, like how cool would it be if, like, the entire Small Town Charm lineup, like, also, like, put their money where their mouth is? And it's like, not only do we, like, make a podcast because we care so much, but we also actually serve. Yeah, we also, you know? we also actually don't yeah. show up for meetings. I, I, like, I, I would love to be on the, like, the town events committee and, like, actually make a cool fireworks show for once, you know? <laughs> not, not, I, not throwing shade not at all. A, but. Not, not on the parking lot. Not on a blacktop parking lot in the middle of July. No, that's yeah, just, I like that only because I could walk there. But That I mean, beef is just coming because I lived in a neighborhood that threw a better fireworks show for a Silver while. Silver so, yeah. 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 But. Well, so let's tell me a little bit about and I don't want to go into this again. We've been, we've been on this a lot, but the, the whole like density number discussion, yeah, 12 or six or eight or 20 or whatever it is. Does anyone know why Kate and Jessica are hung up on six other than some like, or whoever, if, if they're just are being someone else told them that that's what they need to think. Whoever's, so, whoever's coming up with the six number. Is so there a reason here, here, for it? You, you can give me probably the more like, realistic and like logical answer for it i what i actually think is going on and i think i said this in another episode like i think that the because we've heard like tpudc the the folks that have like created this whole planning document and like are experts in zoning and like everything and they've stood up in front of the board numerous times they've stood in front of the planning commission and said the number is arbitrary. Like it doesn't. You guys are so hung up on the number, and we don't understand why. If you look at how this zoning code works, it it eliminates certain types of densities from ever being yeah, yeah. possible. So, like in theory, if you say that CD five has twenty four units per acre, fine. Like that is the number that's in the document. But like in reality. When you start getting into how many units can actually be built on a piece of property because of all of the elements of zoning that come together, right. you can't actually build 24 units an acre un, un, unless you're like working within a vacuum where yeah. everything just works out perfectly on a parcel of land, which is probably never going to happen in Nolensville just given how everything's like laid you were out. to find like a, a perfectly level, clear piece of land 
that magically already had buffers built in yeah. and roads already built. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even know like how you, yeah. yeah. Like if you look, and if you look at like the, um, and I know this just from having conversations with Derek and some other people that are involved, like if you look at like all the parcels that are kind of being piled together as like the theoretical village, um, which is like everything between what, what roads, Mike? Um, Burke Hollow and... Nolensville Road and Rocky Fork, like that corner where the fire department is all the way to Burke Hollow. Everything in there is kind of like thought of as the village. So if you look at all that land and then start taking into account buffers and like how the parcels are all designed, the hill and the slope and like what you can do on that land, you can't actually get 24 units per acre except for maybe like a little section of it that like would be possible. You might get like one building or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that really what they are arguing over is somehow or at some point in time they did enough research uh, i'll give them that like they i think they have at least researched this enough to know what fighting over density will provide them which is that you can't get apartments so like i think that they are just they know that if there's like a high density number it's going to allow some amount of apartments whether it's like you know, I mean, I've been going to Mount Juliet lately, um, and there's some apartments that I visit there, and it's like I, these are not the typical apartment building where it's like a three or four story building with like multiple units and it's all in a row, and there's probably like a hundred units per building. It's like they look like townhomes, but there's four units in every single. They have a gym building. downstairs. There's like outdoors. Correct. They're all connected. It's a long unit, but like you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It's like LC. Yeah, my 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 office is in, my, in Mount Juliet. Yeah. it's one of the it's one of the fastest growing little yeah. And I mean this 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 uh, complex is great. It's got some like restaurants and like it doesn't look like an apartment complex, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's not townhomes. Yeah. Um, and so I think what what they are realizing is that like no matter if we go above a certain number, whether it's eight or six like um you're gonna get some some variation of apartments because developers know how to build within those parameters and so that's that's my opinion of like why they're fighting so hard for this this they don't want to say well we don't want apartments because then they become the bad guys who are like you know against things that help teachers or lower income people like they're taking a very political route which is just like no this is a zoning issue Mm -hmm. we just don't want a certain density and it's like yeah but you have ulterior motives for not wanting that density the problem you run into if you make that argument is what you just said which is that you you don't want to use the one maybe piece of factual information you have to support your argument which is a part the apartment thing yep so then you can't make a cohesive argument and you end up sounding like the way these people sound which is i feel like this is this or i think this or i feel it's always i feel or i I would be more comfortable with yeah i just wish i honestly would have a lot more respect for them uh for anybody on that side of the 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 aisle so to speak if they would just come out and say i don't want apartments like i will vote for anything that would give us apartments. I will vote, or I will vote against anything that will give but us see, apartments. The, the, and but the, the the thing about that too is that we do have provisions in this new zoning that limit apartments to a percentage. So I think currently you can't have more than fifty percent of the units be sure be uh, apartments. It has to be owner occupied. You said that I probably have a logical answer to that. I don't. There's no logic behind it. Yeah. Uh, so the the zoning numbers or the density numbers in our zoning right now, they're not 
maximums. They're not limits. They're, they're an example of how much density we should expect with the design standards that are mm-hmm. set within the district. So that, that's, that's, the big, that's the big thing that they don't want to talk about. They, meaning the people that don't want all that density, is that when CD5 says you can have 24 units an acre, that's not an allowance. That's TPUDC saying typically with these type of design standards, there might be a, a way where a developer can maximize it to 24 acres or 24 units. We like, we don't see it going higher. It, somewhere in, it's a range of like what to expect. It's not like that. They came out and said that the only reason why they put density in there is because they knew that Nolensville is so hell bound on density limits that they wouldn't be comfortable, or they wouldn't be. They said comfortable. I don't think Nolensville, the BOC, is capable of thinking how parcels develop and what they could get without looking at a density number mm-hmm. because normally for norm, normally form-based zoning which we're going from we're, go, we're going to form-based form based zoning meaning that our zoning code tells you what buildings have to look like and where they have to be located on the parcel meaning like you have a road and that building has to be brought up to the road and there's a sidewalk and your garage can be in this layer of the uh, you know of the building it can be here so that's form it like you basically create these little envelopes of like this is where your house goes this is where your garage goes this is you know this is what you need between the the road and and the building and so that's that's the that's the that's the new way to zone that's the that's the appropriate way to zone because we have land use zoning now currently our our current uh current or old zoning is land use and that basically says Residential, like here, yeah, like here, res- here like, are the acceptable uses. Yeah, and then we have design standards are saying like it has to be a brick facade, it has to be a garage facing sideways, you know, like a side loaded garage. It has to have you know a pitched roof. Like we ha- we have those standards, but we like but a land use or a, a use zoning just tells you what the end use of the product has to be. Whereas form base focuses more on like this is what we want it to look like. And that's why you don't put any density numbers on it because it doesn't matter what the density is. Like we want this road to be lined with three-story yep. buildings and it, we don't care what the three stories are consistent a, of. A brick facade on yeah. a building yeah. with three stories, it doesn't matter if it's residential or all uh, like commercial. Right. Like we would just want it to look a certain way and it can't be above three stories. It, there's, there's a lot more There's a lot more creativity, I feel like, with form-based zoning. And you get to, and you get to plan and design your town with form-based zoning because it's all about aesthetics, right? So I like what doesn't matter what the building is as long as the building is in the correct spot. And mm-hmm. that does sound silly when you, when you just hear it, hear, hear somebody say it out loud. Like, why do you care? Well, it's because it creates the whole entire vibe of like a district. It's sure. a character, right? That's why these things are called character districts. But I, that's, I'm just, just going to say like, there's so much like the opposite though is, is if you don't do form-based zoning, sorry, I hit my mic. Uh, if, if you don't do form-based zoning, like what you're talking about, um, what you end up with, especially when you get caught up on numbers like zone uh, uh, density, is you end up with asking a BOC or a board of mayor and aldermen to do more than what their expertise or their knowledge allows them to yeah. wisely do. Right. Because it's it's one thing to hire experts who then help you put together form-based zoning and then also have people who, I mean, 
I, I trust a group of, of well-educated people to put together a plan for a town that says, this is what we'd like it to look like. That sounds great. But when you start asking those same people to decide what in some ways limit the marketplace saying, no, you can't have this type of housing unit here. Mm -hmm. It must be this business. You're taking the decision making out of the hands of the developers who have a commercial incentive to make the right decision. And you put it in the hands of people who don't know what they're doing to limit things. And you end up with a town of eight strip malls when everyone complains about not being able to turn left onto a street. And you end up with a, a pawn shop being approved across the street from city hall after everyone got up in arms about the Kelvin temperatures of parking lot lights, you end <laughs> yeah. up with this complete like non sequitur yeah. bunch of nonsense. You get you end up having months and months of discussions about density numbers that Mike is saying they don't even really matter according to the plan. Right. They're just guidelines for like helping people understand what they're looking yep. at. What the character's gonna feel like. It's right? almost like getting like a, a, a you know a scientific paper that says uh, you know, if you you know rub flint and steel together, you're going to get sparks and it might turn into a fire. That is what's going to happen if you do those things. And right. then everyone gets caught up saying, well, no, could you, could you just tell us that it won't end up in a fire? Because we'd like to hear that. That'd be better right. for us. If you just told us it wouldn't. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't change the truth. It yeah. just changes what you're hearing people tell I th- you. I think you bring up a really good point too, which is that um, like it does take the market almost out but but like sticking with land use or even trying to like f- make our current the the proposed zoning the new zoning mo- like feel more like land use it takes the market out of the out of the equation in a sense because it's like form based it allows the market to just freely operate it's like if a developer comes in and thinks oh i'm going to like it's going to make more sense to put some residential in here than just a commercial building or it, it's going to make way more sense for this to be all commercial that's completely market driven like right. it's driven by what our economy's like, what the demand is, what that developer thinks he's going to get as a return. And I, yeah, you're right. I don't trust anybody who's an elected official who has no expertise in any of that. Like none of them are in, uh, like in any field where they, they somehow like have to deal with that on a daily basis. So, um, it, it kind of seems weird to me that, that we give them that power to kind of think about those things rather than like just trying to put in some system where it eliminates that power. And right. just lets the market operate as an economy would. I also think you you brought up another good point, which is like, um, right? If we look at what uh, the zoning could be like, right? Which is like what it could turn into. Again, it's all theoretically based. So like nobody knows because we're dealing with an economy and we're dealing with a marketplace and all of those powers uh, are very real and exist. I mean, look at like what's happened to the economy over the last year and a half. Look at what's happened to the housing market in the last year. Right. You know, um, all of those things are going to end up driving how these things, how these developments actually take shape far more than the zoning will. So, so like we can put in, all, we can put in all this zoning in theory that says like, Oh, well we just want a lot of commercial development. And we don't really want apartments. I mean, that's great. That, that sounds like, you know, what Kate and Jessica want and that, okay, on paper, maybe that makes sense for certain parcels. But, um, if you, if you really think that like a big box store is going to come in and build on something like good luck, just because you zoned it that way. It's like (laughs) this, this kind of like, uh, like field of dreams vision for like, if you build it, they will come. It's like that, that that's not how it works. It's like, 
we should be trying to give ourselves as many options for how things, how our land can get used because there's only so much of it. And yes, to Mike's point that he always makes, which is we're not bound by our boundaries right now, but until, until we decide to go annex more land and stuff like that, there is only so much land. And I think we should just be giving Nolansville as many chances for success as possible. Correct. So, yeah. So like, I mean, there's this whole entire like meta or, or meta discussion that we can have about where Nolansville is with the zoning, because if you get this wrong, the zoning doesn't work. So if you get, if you hinder the entire zoning with a density uh, limit, that's not enough, meaning anything that's kind of not as a recommended uh, guideline that we got. And I made this point in my public comment on, uh, on Thursday, just, Quick math, we spend over a million dollars on the zoning we write, right? So we paid TPUDC $500,000 to write the whole thing, research, write the whole thing, like pull the town, kind of mm-hmm. get all the feedback. We spent $200,000 on the MTP that told us where the roads should go and how, how the roads should look like and, you know, level of service of the roads. And then we have Victor Lay, town managers, over $100,000 a year, mm-hmm. two planners in the planning department. Uh, like all the printed material, just like time wasted on meeting. Like we're over a million dollars. All in. in. All in yeah. on just getting the zoning. And every single person that's worked on it in a professional manner with a degree and an expertise in that area is telling you like, this is a great plan. Go for it. It makes sense. To the point where our planner is like, you can tell he's very giddy about the possibility of the TPUDC model finally coming to Nolansville. He keeps talking about how beautiful it will look, yep. how he's excited about the potential of having that, this type <clears> of zoning here. But then we have three people, well, two and a half. I'll, I'll give Haley credit because she does. it does seem like she's starting to understand that the voting base is not as important as getting it right uh, to a point. But so there's two and a half people on the board that don't care. They the they don't care what the experts say. They just they're there with a personal or with an agenda that's centered around NIMBYs that don't want any sort of growth. So if, but if you get this wrong, if you get if 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 you get the density number to a point where it doesn't make it feasible, it just won't develop because the design standards that are baked into this into the zoning ordinance they use the density as a as like an enticement to perform to those design standards right so like if you're driving down anywhere usa and you pop into a little town and then like you you know you get off the highway and there's a dollar general and it's one of those metal buildings and you're like that's garbage it's like yeah it's garbage because that's that's what's it zoned for they 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 allow that like we can't say you have to have these beautiful looking buildings and it has to look like it was built 200 years ago and has this character and everything has to be upper scale and high like high end and the sidewalks have to be brick paved and the kelvin temperature has to be pleasing to the eye and then say but you can't make as much money as you want here if you do that What's going to happen is you're going to hit a point that Nolensville's been in for years and years where the only people that are willing to give it a try are people that are willing to not work for top dollar. Yeah. Right? So, like, the, met, the meta conversation there is, like, who's the, who, who, like who, who's the biggest cell phone tech company in the world? It's like Apple, right? Yeah. Apple yeah. is the most profitable company in the history of, of 
Yeah. Like the yeah. corporate world in America. Yeah. Right. It's like they're they're that good because they make so much money and they wouldn't be making so Apple, Apple would not be making the iPhone if it wasn't profitable, right? Somebody else like like a name uh, you know like you can buy a fake iPhone from China. Sure. And they don't make as much money because they don't charge as much. They're not as good of a phone and they don't less. You get ripped off. Uh, like Amazon's the biggest retailer in the world. They deliver within 24 hours to your house. They usually on you know on time, have the right stuff. It's not broken. If you say, like kind of the same argument, you can go and get it from eBay, but you don't have any guarantees. Right. Right. So allowing somebody to make a ton of money is not a bad thing. It, it encourages competition to perform at a certain level. We just went through the freeze in December. And how many homes had bursted pipes? Like, we, I, I live in Bank Creek. We have a Bank Creek community page. And I think the last count of people that actively posted on a common thread that their pipes burst. So that means they have to be on Facebook. They have to see the post. And they have to be confident enough to post that their pipes burst. was 28 people. Yeah. 28 homes had their pipes burst. And that's a proud, that, like, that, that is not a natural occurrence. Like, you shouldn't have to drip your faucet. To, for your pipe not to burst. Right. You shouldn't have to flush your toilet or like put a pin needle under your under your flapper to make sure your garage doesn't blow up because right. of the temperature's dip. That that's not a, that's not a main, like a home maintenance item that's that is, that's, not normal. that's a that's flaw. Not normal. That's a flaw. If, right, that's some that somebody built your house the wrong way and they did so because they either weren't doing it long enough to know better or they were cutting corners. And they wouldn't have to cut corners if they were if, if they knew they're going to make a lot of money regardless <laughs> and they wouldn't like you you would get a better quality builder if the possibility of making more money was around it, it basically what you're saying is it's people in companies anybody is going to do the best they can if they see they can make more money from it right but what we've done in this town is said you actually can't do that best ju- version of whatever it is. Right. You can't do the best quality work. You can't optimize the type of business you want to run in this space because because we've decided on our own that we won't allow it. And so you're all the town is forcing less than stellar workmanship-ish right. yep. across many different disciplines, whether it's construction work or it's uh it's the the types of businesses that come in here and want to run their businesses or the how they how they what what goods and products and services they provide or whatever it is we're artificially limiting them or filtering them out um as opposed to like i i I, all these people keep saying all these what if like well what if what if you build a um what if you allow 24 units per acre and then someone comes in and does a, a high rise of apartments, which of course we know that can't happen, but let's just say it could. Like, does a high rise in the middle of a suburb outside of Nashville make any commercial sense to anybody? Probably not. So like, you don't have to, and I think maybe I've, I've brought this up before at some point in the show, but like, people keep worrying about things that like, it, it, we're in America. Like if someone can't make the best, the top dollar amount of money they're legally allowed to make from it, they're probably not going to do it. Right. right. They're not going to just come in here and do something stupid because you allow them to. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the burst pipe thing. That's. 
I think it's time maybe to revisit whether you were requiring sprinkler systems, sprinkler systems in homes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know of any other town. You know, if you started from scratch right now with the level of service, fire service we have here, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it, right? I mean, yeah. So, like, why do we? I mean, those of us that have them, it's like, why do we have to keep them filled? Because that, that, like, right? Like, like, why can't we just drain them and just decommission the system and say, like, oh, well, great, we have it in the ceiling, but it's there's nothing. It serves no purpose anymore. Obviously, what I'm about to say is completely unverified. But I, I, I would, I feel like your insurance carrier would have a problem with that. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but like, I, I think the, the issue is like the insurance carrier would have a problem with it because, of if your house burned down. Yes, but like for some reason, because Nolansville has set this precedent that you have to have it. Yeah. And so if like if no if we worked as a town to try to overcome that barrier. For people, so like I'm saying this because the town put out this notice right after like all the pipes burst around the around the town, and um, we're saying like, you know, hey, like fill out this survey if your pipes burst. Like we want to hear from you, and I'm sure it's like to try to just get a gauge of like how widespread was this, and like you know they're probably going to investigate to see like if there's anything from a town official town standpoint that they can do or they're trying to figure out if there's any liability on them yeah sure but but i think like the bigger question that they should be asking is just like like how can we prevent this from happening in the future so like one we could get rid of the sprinkler ordinance that's one way so that any new build doesn't have to have this but like two is there a way to work officially as a town to make some proclamation or do something to appease the insurance companies to where they no longer require that as a as an insurance carrier for those of us that have the system. Yeah. Because the the truth is, like, I saw plenty of people giving advice during the winter outbreak of like, just drain your system. Here's how you do it. Here's a step by step guide. You hook up a hose. Like, I mean, I saw pictures of people that have like like a hose bib, it's like, like jailbreaking your fire. Yeah, stick. but it's like they've got a hose bib like threaded into their system, and they've got like a bucket, and they're just like, all you do is turn this valve, and then all the water comes out, and then you turn the valve back on when you want to, and it's like okay, so you can obviously like take the water out of the system, which means it will never burst. Right. So but that also means one of your toilets in your home doesn't work. Yeah, sure, because the water is off, but like. I'm sure it's a pretty e- permanent fix for a plumber to just be able to like reroute some water to that toilet without having to reroute it to your sprinkler system, and we could decommission all the systems. Well, yeah, I would say I will say like I've I've lived in three houses in Nolensville, and I've lived literally. My, I think I, I counted up before we got married as a child and as, through high school. I moved twelve times. I lived in wow. a lot of houses. Wow. Not until we Jeez. bought a house in Nolensville. In the three houses we've had in Nolensville, did we have a sprinkler system? Mm-hmm. Never once in any house I ever lived in did I stay up at night worried about whether or not a fire was going to happen. But since yep. moving here, I've had many nights where I was really Plenty worried about about the sprinkler system. <laughs> yeah. my, I've never felt any more secure because the sprinklers were here. But I've right. had many nights where I felt not so great. Uh, over the last Christmas, you know, holiday, all of our neighbors. Both sides of our house and across the street all had us going into their houses because they all left weeks before they knew yeah. the temperature was going to be bad, checking on all their houses yeah. um, just to make sure that everything was okay. Yeah. And we got lucky because they all, I think all of our houses were designed in a way that it keeps, you know, uh, were enclosed crawl spaces or whatever. I don't know of anyone in our neighborhood that had an issue, but I think 
we kind of got lucky. I don't think that's necessarily. Ben Creek got hit very hard. But think about how how crazy it is that like this thing that was installed in your house to prevent the hottest thing in the world, right? <laughs> right, like fire. Yeah. Like this thing that was installed to prevent fire actually creates massive havoc during the coldest season of the year. Like that. That's just so crazy to me that. That and and it's all because like nobody ever like thought and I have said this other places, but it's like I don't know why anybody ever would think in Tennessee that it doesn't get cold, like freezing cold. Yeah, I mean it happens every, like it's, once a year. Like I don't understand why we don't have like tons of salt trucks and plows and Dude, like no. this. It's just like <laughs> the city, like or this like the whole city of Nashville like shuts down when it snows, and it's just like it snows every year, like. Get your head out of your ass and like look around you. It's freaking cold here too. Like, it, it hasn't gotten warmer over the last like for whatever people want to talk about global warming and stuff like that. Like it, it still gets cold every winter, and this happens every winter. We have and several, several, several times every winter where the roads get icy enough. Yeah, it's it. It needs to be dealt with. Right. It's again. I think you. I think I've seen you post somewhere because you're from Chicago, like right. where it happened, and you're like, no, no, it's nothing to do with like maybe drivers are worse here or not, but it's not really to do with that. It's the fact that no one does anything about the roads no, here. Yeah. Like, like we just act like, Oh, like this is so crazy that this is happening. It's like, what, what's crazy. It's, it's winter time. It's just a time of year. And like, so in Chicago, obviously Chicago gets a ton of snow, a ton, yeah. ton of bad weather. Like if you're driving and it's icy, you, you slid out, your car does the tail whip, you try to correct and then you hit a gutter and then you kind of self correct and you're like, Oh, that was embarrassing. Yeah. Here it's like you're driving, it's icy, you slip out, you try to correct, you go off this freaking ditch that's 15 feet <laughs> yeah. below, and then you stu- your car's yeah, stuck. Yeah, and you might die. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, like, yeah, like it gets icy up north, but it's like we have gutters, we have straight roads, like there's lighting. Yeah. Right. There's like, and then, event- and then eventually they clear, like they clear the road within like 24 hours. They right. Fucking get you out. Like, remember last year we had that snowstorm that lasted like a week. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I lived in my old house in Bank Creek. We were like on a pretty significant hill. Like I had a buddy pick me up on a bottom of the hill in this in this truck so he can drive me and get diapers because I'm like I can't yeah. I can't get out of here. Yeah, yeah. And- I I used to live in Minnesota and like I mean this never happened. So but this is like what the the what, equ- snowed in Minnesota. No, like this <laughs> this would be like the equivalent of it though. It's like it snowed a ton and they dealt with it and it was just a part of life. But then like summertime came around and I never heard anyone be like. Oh, it's really hot. Right. You know, it's just like, I can't believe the sun is shining. Yeah. It's like, yes, because it's like we have all four seasons. Like, yeah. it's just, that's just how it is. But here, for some reason, it's like we have all four seasons, but people just are like so ignorant that winter is like an actual season. So, so in this last, yeah. so, I can't believe that it's like snowing right now. <laughs> so in this last meeting, yeah, why? <laughs> so in this last meeting, there was like, there, there was like a blurb from uh, Kyle, our, uh, our uh, public works director. So last year they got snow equipment, snow plows, and everything, and then he gave us he gave the board an update. The, like the funniest thing about that, it's like I was the one that was pushing the hardest for any sort of snow equipment, and not like big snow tr- snow plows with like salt trucks, like you know like I like the reason why I felt confident enough giving advice on that is I used to plow for a living. I had a landscape company and we switched to plowing in the winter, so like I know a thing or two about snow removal. So last year, when I was stuck up on my hill for a week, I was just going off on the board and on on, the t- on town staff. I'm like, we need at least like a 
a plow for a, for a regular truck mm-hmm. just so we can clear some of this crap. Uh, and they finally got some. And everybody was talking about how like stupid it is to invest that type of money for like a once a year event. Well, so Kyle was given an update. Before they had any sort of equipment, before they, they started buying their own salt, they were paying a dollar per bag. They were paying a dollar per... That wasn't per pound. It was like a dollar per salt unit, whatever whatever that uh, unit of measure they yeah. used. Yeah. Like they were paying a, they were, yeah. yeah, they were paying a dollar for like for that for that measuring uh, unit. Since they have their own equipment and they have their own salt storage, they're paying four cents. So it's like obviously that's a smart investment. You're yeah. not like overpaying for for yeah. you're not paying you're not overpaying for emergency services from the private sector. You're able to take care of it yourself. Right. So like obviously that that's a much better use of your tax right. funds. But yeah. But well, uh, that's that, that's the funny part about the whole well, snow thing. You know, and, and to kind of think about that in the sim- similar terms, uh, we have, uh, for better or for worse, we have some, like, flood mitigation measures in place, you know, in places around town. There's retention ponds or other things that are trying to deal with that. You know, a flood-causing rain might happen two or three times a year, right. but we invest all this, like, money and mm-hmm. resource and infrastructure in dealing with that. The results, are, I think, are no less catastrophic for yeah. ice because re- regardless of whether people should or should not be driving, there's there comes a time when, like, you can't just stay home for three days in all situations. The, the results can be just as catastrophic from an ice event well, that that's that's elderly people who who have medical emergencies and you know ambulances or or whatever it is. There's lots of reasons why people still end up driving in that those icy conditions, and so there's no reason why the the geniuses who say, "Oh, it only happens once a year." It's like, well, it's a lot of things only happen once a year. I mean. A fire in my house, knock on wood, happens zero times a year, but I got to have sprinklers in my ceiling right. for them, you know? Right. Yep. It's- I I mean, I I just think, I, I have this like saying that I kind of just follow in life, which is like, it only takes one time, right? It's like, yeah. and I don't follow that with everything because I don't like to live in like fear of like every single thing could possibly happen all the time. But it's like, it really does only take one time for something catastrophic to happen. And then it's like... Yeah, that happened. Yeah, right. Well, the, the sprink- but and the sprinkler so- thing is a little bit different because the sprinkler system thing. And li- listen, like the longer we do this, I'm sure that I'm going to piss off everyone at least once. <laughs> yeah. Like the I, like I'm an equal opportunity uh, obnoxionist. But uh, so like whatever I'm going to say, I know that the fire department is not going to like. I do think that it's time to decommission the fire, the fire, the sprinkler uh, ordinance, and it a lot to do. A, a, a lot to do with that is like you proclaimed that you were blue at heart. Like I'm super, super libertarian. There's no difference to me between a sprinkler system ordinance and a seatbelt law. Like mm. the seatbelt law doesn't save anybody's life but yours. And the government forcing you to have this life-saving measure, it's well, it's like I know the risks. Like that should be on me to determine if I want to mitigate those risks or if I don't like, and I wouldn't have that big of a problem with the sprinkler ordinance if it was inspected and built in the right way. Imagine if you, imagine yeah. a seatbelt law that there was always a chance that when you click in your seatbelt, 
and the temperature is under 32 degrees, your car just blows up. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. kill you, but your car just <laughs> yeah. blows up. And you just need a new car. And it's caused by the seatbelt. Right, it was called, and it was caused by the seatbelt. And yeah. then the government says, no, you still have to plug your seatbelt in. Yeah. And we're not going after the manufacturer of the of the seatbelt. It's on you. <laughs> like, that's a sprinkler. Like, that is the non sprinkler Well, and system. I think, so, like, you've said this, like, off mic before, too. But, like, what, so some of those houses that are, like going through the pro the back end process now that their home has been destroyed, right? Like that's like a total rebuild, right? Yeah. Like dude, it, it's, it's like it's like totally in your car. It's like you don't get like a new you don't, you don't get like a new bumper. You don't get like a, some new cabinets. It's like they like completely total they, the house they, and they're they like yeah. like yeah. we're gonna gut this down to the studs. You get a whole new kitchen. You're insure so your yeah. insurance is paying for that though. Insurance is paying for that, so you do like like right. So like you. You, your your insurance will pick up the bill, but then you're dehoned for sure. Like a lot of times, like a year. But the or so. the point I'm driving at is like, okay, so like I just think it's ironic. So we have these things in our houses because the insurance is saying like, well, you guys don't have a good enough fire department, right. and so like the town is like, well, let's put this ordinance in place so that everyone's insurance costs are lower, and. It, they don't they don't like actually put out fires they just slow them down until the fire department can get there they, so the, right the, they the, put, the big function of the of the sprinkler system is to yeah slow it down so you can get out of the house correct you have more time to get out of the house and it's also preventative in terms of like your if your house catches on fire they're gonna have to gut it your house is lost yeah the sprinkler system will contain the fire to one house yes so your neighbor's house is yes burn down, yes. Right? So like yeah, there is that preventative side of it, but I just I just find it ironic that and it's you like needed that when you had a volunteer because right. Volunteer but how many how many insurance companies do you think, um, like give you an insurance policy? Oh, you've got sprinklers in your home. Well, that's going to drop X percentage off your insurance cost, but they never ever calculated for the fact that those insurance that, that 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 sprinkler system was never installed the right way. It's like an insurance scam. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know, but it's but like you think about it, and it's like. Like what? What actually? If they were to run that through their like algorithms, yeah, their, right? their actuary system. Yeah. What? What actually has more risk? Right. I yeah. I was getting there too. Is yeah. there more risk of fire, or is there more risk that those pipes are going to freeze? Because yeah. I would say like there's probably like an eighty five percent chance that those pipes are going to freeze if you don't if a if a homeowner did nothing and think about yeah. how many people just travel, turn their heat down. Yeah, right, yeah. Do all the things that you do when you leave the house. Well, put it another way: when during this last freeze we had, uh, how many of our hundreds of homes had pipes burst? There weren't that many house fires, right? I mean, so, <laughs> right. So Bank, so Bank Creek, like I said earlier, Bank Creek minimum twenty eight households flooded. Yeah, there had since Bank Creek was built, not a single home burned down. Right, and right. and one day twenty eight homes flooded. I but see, like I'm convinced the only reason my house didn't flood was like. I, not because I was flushing my toilet all the time. I just like turned my heat up to eighty. Jeez, man, you're like you're I was just like room. yeah, I was just like though, I was just like cooking. <laughs> like my kids would be upstairs trying to go to bed. And they're like, it's so hot in here, and it's like, yeah, well, I don't want to wake up all night wondering if the pipe burst above <laughs> yeah, your head. Be hot like, what? Well, it's yeah. funny. We had so in our previous it's just house, like radiating out. Our previous house in Ballinger, we had the there was a deep freeze probably three or four, maybe five years ago. Um, cause we've been in this house almost three years now. So yeah, it's been, it's been a while, but we, um, we, we did the same cause of the fire system. We had faucets running, toilet running, whatever. Um, we had a third floor finished attic, um, that was, that was up there and, and we had a, a 
sink running up there or a bathtub. We ran something up there too because it was like super far away. You had a bathtub in the attic? Yeah, we had a full bath up in the attic. It was, yeah, (laughs) something. Uh, I found a frog up there one time in the the toilet. Don't know how that got up there on the third floor. True story. Uh, But... Um, we, uh, it was New Year's Eve, woke up on New Year's Day to our, our bottom floor, our living room, uh, ceiling fan, uh, raining water out of the light fixture. Yeah. Um, and long story short, that actually happened because, um, that, that third floor had never, the sink had never been run that long and that constantly. There was a leak down in like our master closet on the second floor that was there all along, but the water never ran long enough in that sink to really make it apparent. And so it wasn't actually a, a burst pipe. It was just we found out about it because because the fear of a burst pipe was right. so real for us. Right. So we fixed that, um, but we actually found out um, a few a few I guess a few days ago that that house in Ballinger they did have their pipes burst. Wow. Um, uh, the, in the spring it was a sprinkler system. Yeah. That yeah. Burst. So it's like even like when you think you've addressed an issue, I know it's not exact, but like. Who knows? Because these things aren't built properly. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, trace all of the sprinkler lines through your whole house, right? And make sure that all of it's insulated I actually, properly. So I actually I, called the build. So, like, I called the builder to build my house, and so like, yeah, I called him up. I'm like, hey, you know, like, this is where I live. This is my lot number. This is the year you guys built it. Can you send me the the plumbing blueprints? Because I want to know which toilet it is that's hooked up to my to my. Uh, to my sprinkler system and then she's like well, obviously it's just a random person that picks up the phone she's like I'm gonna have our design team whatever call you back he calls me back he's like yeah we don't like we don't know like we don't keep plans for that long like you just have to figure it out I'm like how am I supposed to figure this out no right yeah. uh, but uh, like obviously you go in you shut it off and then you figure out which toilet is not flushing but I, 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 I like you and me kind of texted about that because you just moved into Ben Creek too. So yep. like you're new to it. You didn't know how the system worked in that particular house. And I did the same thing around the same time you did. And I was fortunate enough to where I was home and I'm more of a, I'm more of a, like my personality is more of like, if I'm not going to alter my life to not have it happen. And if it's going to happen, I'd much rather just be home and be able to shut the whole system off just and deal with it. Deal with it when, yeah. like, I, the last thing I want is like, most times I travel during the holidays, and like be out for a week, come back, and then there's you know a foot of water everywhere, and it's been that, that way for a week. So this time around, it's like I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm not running my sink nonstop. I'm not flushing my toilets or or putting a needle under my flapper. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and it, I'll just deal with it. Like, it's it's a fault. If it, if, it, if it happens, that means my house is built the wrong way. Let's find out now, and then deal with it, fix it. Like, obviously, insurance pays for it, so you have that, you know, you have that ease. Uh, and I was all ready to go with that game plan, and then the rolling blackouts happened. And like, <laughs> I lost power for, like, an hour and a half, and I'm like... I wasn't nervous. Like I was like, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Not without power. And the temp, like we had our te- we had our thermostat term- term- set at like seventy, and within an hour and a half, it went down to like sixty four. I'm like, oh crap! <laughs> oh crap! Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break, and then I've got one more thing I want to talk about on this episode before we wrap it up. Let's take a break. All, for right. A All right, we're back. Um, we had a lot of organizational things we're working on for yeah. the next episode. Yeah, uh, right, right, yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, but for now. 
Uh, Chris says he's got a hot take, a hot pocket take. Well, yeah. So <laughs> I just, hot pocket alert. Uh, I, and I think we can like segue out of this into like our next discussion. But um, yeah, I want to go back to talking about the the density thing for just a second because Mike brought up the point that uh, he felt like Haley, since she's become mayor, yeah, uh, has been more agreeable or just more mature. Mature. Um, that's such a funny word to use for an adult, but, um, I, I have kind of like an an interesting take that I don't, we haven't really discussed on the show uh, on this and I, you know, I can't help but bring up, that's part of why we exist is to bring up the hard truths Uh and to at least point them out and people can make up their own minds about what's really going on. But I do think it's interesting that like as the zoning, uh, ordinance has gotten like closer to actually being voted on and becoming like a thing that it's that, that Haley of all people um, is the one that's kind of like backing off a little bit on what she was saying a few months ago. So she was like staunch and like very, very against density for the longest time. But now that it's actually like time to put your money where your mouth is, I feel like she is absolutely putting her money where her mouth is. And I mean that in a very real sense in the fact that, most of the density parcels that are being voted on are literally in her backyard because they include her property. But it's also so, dude, you're like so... And I just, like, whether it's a conflict of interest or not and whether it's being stated or not is a whole... It's a whole nother matter. But I just feel like it has to be said by, like, here, because we love to point this stuff out, Mm -hmm. that our sitting mayor owns a piece of property... That is also like in the area that is being fought over for density. And she's not back. And she's now like almost flip flopping on what her position was. Now she's saying like the density number needs to come down, but she's trying to like play the middle of like, well, it doesn't need to come down to like half. It needs to come down just a little bit. And so it's like, this is just like politics to a T where it's like, well, this personally benefits me. Like I'm going to make a ton of money by selling my land. Cause let's be honest, like no, she's never going to continue to live here with Kroger being built in her backyard. Right. That's just not going to happen. So Dude, she referenced this conversation in the meeting at that like, I barely holding it together now because so obviously she like, referenced the fact that she lives in the village. No, She referenced or, you talking about this. <laughs> like it's yeah. Like so by name, Almost. Oh. <laughs> Did she mention the cheap seats? No. She, so, so there was a moment in there was a moment in the meeting where it was like f- she had to keep referencing that she lives in the triangle, and then Joel kind of like smirked that like af- like after the tenth time she had to do it, Joel kind of like I think Joel like made like a like a one liner comment, and then she went well after you like it's only so many times you can get uh, you can get uh, you, you can get called up for. Uh, for an ethics violation before you have to do it every 10 minutes. So it was like, <laughs> and it's like, obviously, you're the one that's always bringing that ethics violation on. I think that, like, so Haley tends to always make the right decision, but in a very long, hard road. And I think that, so, like, in this meeting, uh, to give you perspective, there wasn't, there wasn't a single person that spoke that was against density, that was against the zoning. Every single person that spoke, and there wasn't a lot of them. It was probably like a handful of them, me including, including me. 
but it was all her neighbors. It was Frank Wilson. Frank Wilson has that corner lot on Clovercroft mm-hmm. and Nolensville. He's the first alderman of Nolensville. Right. Uh, he is like four doors down from Haley. He owns like he owns massive amounts of land there. He's he's over ninety. I, right. I he's not like I'm uh, sorry in advance. I do respect Frank a lot. Uh, but he like he stand, he was standing up there at the podium. He's struggling to like get his thoughts together because he's like a little bit older. Sure, he doesn't want to come off as disrespecting, but he's there. You can tell that he's only there because he's legitimately fighting for his property rights. Mm-hmm. And then you have Mark Blankenship that that was there. Uh, uh, Mark Levine or Levine is sending in comments. So like all her neighbors do want that because they they won't live behind a Kroger. They they do want out of that area. Because of what Nolensville has become, it's no longer like they can't drive their tractor. Right. They can't like bush hog their side, of, you know, the, the the their right of way. Like it's just too congested. They can't they can't live their life like they used to. So they know they want to get out, and they do want those property rights to where they can maximize. Like in Frank in Frank's case, it's two hundred years of really hard labor. It's right. farming on rock. Right. Like he's farmed that piece of land or his family has for two centuries and it's like it's middle Tennessee like you mentioned it's sloped it's rock like you can't grow crops and it, yep. like Nolensville mm-hmm. the reason why Nolensville doesn't have this cute little downtown like Franklin does because Nolensville didn't have any money there was, right. there was no money here right uh, and then finally it's time to like cash out because of the growth so they they're, they're they can't live here any longer because they can't live their lives the way they 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 they're used to, and they are asking for those rights that allow them to cash out all that hard work that they put in. Yeah. Especially in, like Frank has literally started Nolensville. Yeah, it was Napper, Frank, and and Duggar that started the town. Right. So I think that that's why you see a lot of concessions from Haley, and that's why I said she's like. Sounds more mature because it's finally lending home after a year of experts telling her or recommending to her what the right answers are. Her not having full trust in the experts. And now you, you're at a point where she is the face of the BOC. She is the person that's going to take all the blame for every time somebody's yeah. stuck in traffic. She is the person that's going to get all the blame for all the pipes bursting. She But... She's finally starting to get realize the position she, she's in, and all her neighbors on top of that are calling her, telling her like we actually do want this, like we do want this because you've already approved the Kroger, we want to get out of here. We can't live with a Kroger in our in, in you right. know on our on our pasture fields, like we want out, and this is the way to do it. So I just have to ask you because you know the market like really really well. How much does our mayor stand to make if she sells her land? I actually don't know how how big her lot her parcel is. CD five probably uh, if CD five goes through, you're probably looking at like two hundred fifty thousand an acre. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously depending on where the sewer is, depending on slopes, depending there's a lot of dependencies there. But if CD five goes through, I mean, you're looking at significant amount of money. There's it's significant. That's generational wealth. Like seven figure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, by the way, like we, right before we started recording this, you were like, like, I was like, I have one more thing I wanted to bring up. And you're like, well, what is it? Well, like, I wrote down what I was trying to bring up. Just, you can just read, read what I wrote down there. 
Um, it mm-hmm. says Haley Compromise. That's that's what actually my note for what I wanted to talk about. So it actually is not far off. Yep, it's a great segue. Which, which is which is uh, she for better or for you know I, I I'm trying to think through what I'm going to say to think if I'm if I'm uh, being hypocritical or contradicting myself in any way, and I honestly don't care. Uh, this is how I feel, which is. Like, I really don't care how long it took her or what her motivation is. If she comes around to doing the right thing, then, like, I don't care, like, what really the motivation yeah. is. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, a good idea is a good idea. Um, you know, I don't care who's, I don't care who says it. I don't care who's, who, who, you know. I wish that people who oppose some of the things that we agree with would adopt the same idea, which is, is instead of being, I don't like you, so therefore anything you say is wrong. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't care what her motivation is if she's if she's willing to compromise but the point me making this note is just she is the only one so far who's been all anti-density that's even like had a suggestion that's something other than what she originally said i yeah i'm only my only issue and this is kind of just like poking the bear a little bit here like for for months she was so anti density that she wouldn't vote on a cur- like a development that's already underway uh southwalk yeah like she wouldn't like help that along with density yeah. at all and she was just like and it's up the road and it's not in the village and it's not even close like it's it's separated from the downtown and she just wouldn't help it she was so staunchly against it and i just think it's ironic now months later and when it's land that she owns and will stand to benefit from. I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to say it to the camera. Like, Haley, like, you can't separate that context as much as you want to. As much as she may not be. Maybe it's about her neighbors. Maybe it's about caring for, you know, history and those that have come before you. And wanting those people to benefit because, like, she already approved the the Kroger. And so she feels bad. And, like, this is, like, a way to pay it back to them. I don't care what her reasons are. She can't. She still owns her parcel of land. And she stands to make a load of money and if she votes in favor of this i'm always going to say that you did it to personally gain because it doesn't matter how many pop political spins she can throw on it that's what it is for me yeah yeah well, I mean, but i don't disagree with you daniel that like at the end of the day it doesn't does it really matter no because as long as we get two, the, but two, as long as we get the village two cool. things two things could be yeah. true though two th- Doing the right Both thing could be, true, could, be yeah. could be financially beneficial to you. Like I mean, the two two things could be true at the same time. I do feel like, but she didn't do the. the I agree with that, Mike. But like, she didn't do the right thing uh, for the right reasons everywhere. So she didn't apply that same kind of logic in all the places that she could have. Right. Well, I mean, but she can't. I mean, again, though. Well, I think a better like test of it will be the next decision that she makes based on not being her land, because people can change their minds. Uh, you know, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt when they do something that I like. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. it, it, for, for better or for worse. I, I like the decision. I like the direction she went this time so that I'm like, oh, let's just give her the benefit of the doubt. Again, because it, it, I agree with it. The next decision you know, after this will be more telling because if she goes back to being anti-density all the mm-hmm. time, that would be more telling versus being a little more conciliatory or more willing to compromise. I think the thing that, you know, versus, versus you know, again, in the past she did what she did. Right. Maybe she changed her mind. We don't know. Uh, but, you know, to hear, uh, you know, so far Kate and Jessica have been unwilling, to, uh, like we talked about previously, earlier in this episode. Yeah. Unwilling to do anything other than, like, their magic number that they have written down somewhere, um, whether they came up with it or somebody else told them that's what it is. 
there's no real good rationalization for it. It's just a number that they, they want. And if it's not that, I don't want it. Um, but they're the ones who are going to shout about everyone having to compromise. Um, and the, another louder voice, someone on the planning commission, uh, Terry Adams, goes on about how much of an expert he is at compromising or uh, negotiations. <laughs> when anything I've heard from like the side of the, the NIMBYs against growth has been give us exactly what we want every single time or don't talk to us. By the way, I'm an expert in negotiation. And it's like, that sounds nothing like a negotiation. That sounds like what you do if you're taking hostages. Right, uh, right. Which, like, they're not because they're yeah. not in control yet. But, like, what's – where is the negotiation on the other side? Yeah. I, I keep hearing people that, that are trying to drive a vision that most of – I think generally we support saying, okay, fine, we wanted 24. We'll make it 20. That's fine. Uh, we'll bring we'll, we'll bring these other density numbers down that again we've already talked about in this episode don't even matter anyway, but like we'll 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 move from like what we think is right a little bit to meet in the middle, and the other side who has experts in negotiation won't budge on anything yeah for yeah. anything for anybody anywhere yeah I mean I feel like I feel like when when Terry or anyone from that side says negotiation like they're really using the wrong word. Like what they're talking about is bargaining, yeah. right? Which is like, or not even that compliance. Well, but I mean, it's like not. no, but like okay, so like when you're bargaining with someone, um, which whatever some people call that price negotiation, but it's really not. It's like because like you're not bargaining to me. It's like your strongest power in bargaining is your ability to walk away, right? So mm-hmm. it's just like I don't have to buy this thing. I want to, but if I'm not going to get it at the price I want, then I'm gonna, I'm not going to buy it, right? That's that's a totally different thing than negotiating. Negotiating is like we are going to do this. Yeah. Both parties are going to go yeah, forward. You already made the decision to move like, forward. Like like we're we're doing this. So because we've both decided we're doing this, here's my terms. Here's your terms. Now let's figure out a way to meet in the middle so that we can get this done. Yeah, we want we want we want something to work. Correct. And so let's 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 meet at that common goal of getting something right. to work versus what you're saying again. Yeah. The other other version of it is. I actually don't care if this works or not. Yeah, so therefore my vote's no. Right. But, but it's also that cliche. Regardless of what you offer me. Yeah. It's also that, like, that, that cliche uh, that's been way overused where, like, a, like, you know, the good compromise is where both parties walk away not getting not exactly what they... And it, but, like, so I always looked at that, that saying, that cliche as, like, that's stupid because there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer and you can't have a half of a right answer. But... Like, going through this meeting, watching this meeting unfold, Haley was very uncomfortable with 18. She was willing to come up to 18. She even, like, said that she's going to catch flack for 18. Mm-hmm. But she, she's willing to go up to 18. Derek and Joel are both saying, like, we want 24. We should do 20. Uh, like, Haley obviously wanted, tw- like, w- less than 18. They meet at 18, and both of them walk away out of that meeting... I, I can guarantee you both of them went home and said to themselves at least like it's not what I want but I think we can make this work right yeah and that's I mean that that yep. there was the first time in my life where I saw a negotiation where it was like I I this is the first time that I can apply that both parties walked away mutually on like equally unhappy about the deal and the deal feels like it 
should work. Right. Like, there isn't a big difference between 18 and 20, 18 and 24. Like, I mean, you take 12, what what is what Kate and Jessica wanted, and you take 24, middle point is 18. Right. I still, like, like, me personally, I would still want to kind of fire test that idea of, like, is 18 curbing it too much in terms of, like, what it would do to, like, singular parcels? But that's that's technical, and you can kind of address that on, on a case-by-case basis. Right. But, like, just walking away from that meeting was like, I'm not thrilled about it, but this is way better than not making a deal. Right. And, yeah. like, if you walk away glad that you at least made a deal, that's I feel like that's a good yeah, enough deal. I feel like we get uh, where, where things sit right now, uh, just... Again, not having watched the meeting, but based on what you've described and how these votes went, it's like the the NIMBY side of the vote is basically just like, hey, uh, unless you give us, to Daniel's point, it's like a terrorist negotiation. It's like, unless you give us everything we want, we're never going to vote for this, which doesn't feel a whole lot like you really care about what is best for Nolansville. Right. It's, so it's like we're not like entering into these negotiations saying like, OK, we have a common goal that we need new zoning for Nolansville to be successful. Yeah doesn't really feel like you like agree with that statement. Right. If you, if you're voting no on like key parts of the new zoning and just saying like, well, unless this zoning mirrors what the old zoning was, which right. is essentially what they're doing. It's like, unless the density looks exactly the same as what it used to be for the last 20 years that got us in this mess, like we're not going to vote for it. It's like, okay, well then I guess we don't agree on like the very premise that we need, that we need to move forward right. as right. a town, we a- that we need a deal at right. all. And so it's like, that's a really interesting predicament given that we as much as the old board disagreed like i can't believe i'm saying this but like i would much rather have the old board than the new board not boma like okay like (laughs) i would much rather have the old boc than the new boc because the new boc it's like i feel like we have people involved that are 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 just like like mirror images of boma members yeah. And they just want to take us back 20 years instead of recognizing that like the town wants to move forward. Yeah. The people want us to move forward and there's a way to get there and and okay. you either stand in the way of it or you don't. Well for for me like speaking of like the old BOC with with Wendy Cookmucci and Lisa uh Garamoni on it. There was always this like the, like there was always like a level of like uh mutual kind of respect like i know that like i've i've had sit down meetings with wendy before and i know that she never necessarily agreed with me but she would rather me care than not care i mean like, i'm at least if i assumed wrong than whatever like that's at least what she used to tell me and kind of like it was kind of mutual like i rather she cared than like not care at all like this board Specifically with Kate and Jessica, and I'm like I have absolutely zero qualms about saying this. I fully believe that they sold themselves out to win the election. Like if you go after the the, the, the police chief, if you let your side do what they did, you're selling yourself out to get that seat. Mm. And once you sell yourself out to that agenda, you are your hands are tied to that agenda. You cannot go back on it. Like, how can they... Like, if, if, if they got into office based on this agenda of saying no density, roads. Like, we need roads, not density. How can they ever vote for density, any sort of density? Like, that's what got them elected. Like, they sold themselves to that point. 
and those people got them elected, they can't go back on their people, especially because their people use tactics that are almost inhumane. Right. And if they go back on those people, that those people like historically have turned against people that turned on them, right? Like Well, I mean, you yeah. should you should start a like a, a a ticker on the insider which you you kind of have this a little bit of like tracking like how many road projects have been started but like Dang you, zero. I was about to say yeah. that. I was like I want like I want like I was going to like say I was thinking about the next episode. I was like I wanted to intro the next episode should, with we should the date is so and so. Yeah. The current number of roads that have been built in yeah. Nolensville since I mean, the last election. I, I know you made a post about it but like we, we should start like a ticker that like is just like actually like counting it, counting in like real time. Moves in just but it's like it. like how many BOC meetings do Kate and Jessica go through before they actually propose a road? Yeah. Like what? Like well, they're all for two right now. I know, but I'm just <laughs> but I, like I mean to your point, Mike. It's like how can like if these are the things you ran on, like all the all they're doing right now is being like a stick in the mud and saying like, well, we're gonna like raise our hands and vote this stuff down and we're gonna play hard to get and. They're gonna do that for at least two more years. I know. Another no, election. Four then, more years. I mean, I'm saying, well, well they'll, they'll be doing it for two years until we see who. But wins but the, the reality the reality is, and what we all know that like most of the public doesn't know is that like they can't propose a road project because there's no f- money. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> no money. I mean, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get. Mo- I I, I want to get more into the money part in the next one. Yeah. And uh, do we tease the next one? We can do that. I'm just writing down all the times that Chris cussed in this episode, yeah. so I can bleep them out. I kind of agree. Yeah. Well, I, well, I, I, I let the, I, I let. Uh, hey, I asked. The, I asked if we were G-rated today. Yeah, I let the PG. I, I told you it's Sunday, so. Yeah. Um, you can tease the next one. Tease it. Every glass tease I drink, me. I just so get the, more So the next R-rated. episode, like, the, we're we are getting the first guest ever. He, uh, this person should be on their way. Uh, he actually, he, it's a he called uh, all three of us mid episode trying to get. Uh, Trying to get on, yeah, cold in. Uh, so we don't, have, we don't have that technology yet. We can't. Yeah, we, we can't. We can't, we can't yeah. dial him in. Uh, but he's he's on his way. He should be here any minute. And we're going to discuss uh, just the fundamental like basics of government funding and where the money comes from, how how the funding works, uh, just the process of how government gets its money how it spends its money and how long that process takes. Yeah, let's say for example, let's say you want you wanted to build roads not density. What would it take to build roads not density? Miracle. Um so that'll come up in the next episode. But for now, thank you all for either listening or watching Small Town Charm. We'll be back again very soon. See you guys. Bye.